The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. We're in the middle of the series titled Summer Reading, and uh, today's message is all about the greatness principle. And uh, Pastor Chris said he was going to be on vacation today and uh, asked me to teach, so he said, I want you to take the shortest book of all the books that we have available for summer reading and do a message on it. So I said, okay, big man, uh, here's what we're going to do. You said uh, they could probably read that book in one sitting in the bathroom, so we're just going to pull out the book and read it during our time together in the service on Sunday and uh, see how that goes for you. And, uh, you know, he said, no, you can't really do that. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So uh, you're at ease today. We're not going to read the book together. But if you would, go ahead and take out your outline that's in your program. And uh, let's follow along together. The greatness principle. What does it mean? Uh, What does it mean that God wants to bless us? What does it mean to be blessed by God? How many of you this morning woke up and said, I am expecting God to bless me today. I mean, like literally you woke up and said, you know what? God is going to bless me in some way or another today, and I'm just going to believe it. We, we really don't do that. We really don't wake up with this anticipation of God blessing us, but yet we want God to bless us. And that's the reality that I want you to know today. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless me. He wants to bless you. Matthew chapter 7, verses 11, Jesus, says, Jesus said this. He says, if you sinful people, if you know how to good give, good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God being our Father, He wants to do good things for us. He wants to show us His love. He wants to show us His grace. He wants to bless you. So what is the greatness principle? How how do I get and experience God's blessing? The greatness principle is simply this. God blesses those who bless others. God blesses those who bless others. So when you woke up this morning with that anticipation of blessing, or as you leave here today expecting and wanting God to bless you, how does it come about? We must anticipate being a blessing to others. Have you ever considered why God even desires to bless you and bless me? Too many times as as Christians, we think we have to do certain things. We we think we have to work for God's blessing. That if for some reason God isn't blessing me, I'm not working hard enough for God. Or some of us believe that if, if God's not blessing me, it's because I'm not good enough for God to bless me. Some of you may be here today and you said, you know what, I'm going to go to church tomorrow, something that I don't normally do, and it's the reason why I'm not experiencing God's blessing is because I don't attend church regularly for God to bless me. Some of you might be be thinking that, well, I need to give more for God's blessing, and, and God's blessing is somehow correlated specifically to how much I'm giving to me, Christians, we think that in order to get God's blessing, we somehow or another have to get God's attention 
and call it out and say, God bless me, look at me over here, look at what I'm doing, look at all that I'm serving and look at all the ways that I'm giving. And that's not it. It's like this. God gives you a blessing. This is God's blessing. He gives you a blessing and you say, look at what God blessed me with. See my blessing? Man, this is great. And then God gives you another blessing and you pick up this blessing. And you say, and man, I am living a blessed life. Look at all that God is doing. He's blessing me in so many ways. He's blessing me with a new job. He's blessing me with a raise. He's blessing me with my family. He's blessing me in so many ways. And then God blesses us in another way. And we pick that blessing up. And then another blessing. And finally, we walk around as Christians saying, look at this blessed life I'm living. And that looks good. It looks really good for a while. It feels really good. But then we continue to walk around like this, and then we begin to say, I've got all of these blessings, but why isn't God blessing me anymore? Why why isn't, I'm missing out on God's blessings. What's happening? I've got these blessings, but I don't have any others. It's been a while since God has blessed me. That's why we must look I must look for opportunities to bless others. We have to make room for God's blessing. God didn't bless us so we could walk around like this. God blessed us so that we could walk around and give a blessing to somebody else. So that we can make room and say, you know what? God blessed me with that over there. I want to bless somebody else with that. And then we make room again by saying, God blessed me with this. I'm going to give it to somebody else. God bless me with this, I'm going to give it to somebody else. And again, until finally in our life, we make room for God to continue to bless us. And instead of us just receiving and holding on to God's blessings, he blessed us so that we would bless others and we have to look for opportunities to give those blessings away so that we can be a conduit through which God works. God doesn't want to just bless you so that you can have it. He wants to bless you so that others can see it and so that others can experience the blessings through you. Through you. So how can you and I be a blessing? We can be a blessing by giving our time. By giving my time. Let me ask you a question. How much is your time worth? How much is your time worth? Now, I recognize some of you, you might be an hourly employee, and so all of a sudden, you correlate your time with how much your hourly wage is. Some of you, you're maybe paid annually, and so then you have to then go in and calculate it. You work 50 hours a week, and that calculates to 52 weeks a year or 50 weeks a year, and so your salary, and then you calculate that. You might say, well, that's how much my time is worth. But our time is so much greater than that. Our time is valuable. We'll never regain an hour once it is gone. So how can I leverage my time, this precious commodity, how can I leverage it so that it is a blessing to others? So that God can work through my life, pouring out his blessing to others. One is to honor God with my time. To honor God with my time. 
In Colossians 3.23, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord, rather than for who? People. Rather than for people. Some of you, you have this blessing of a job, and God's given it to you, but then you don't like it. You complain about your coworkers. You complain about your boss. You complain about the tasks that are given to you. And you really don't like it, but yet at one time or another, you called it a blessing that God gave you. And the reason is, you're seeing yourself working for somebody instead of working for the one who gave you the blessing. What if tomorrow you went into your workplace and said, you know what, I work for God. So whatever is put before me today, whatever tasks that I have, I'm going to honor God with my time, and I'm going to do my tasks. I'm going to do my job description. I'm going to do the expectations that are put upon me by my boss, by my coworkers. I'm going to do that as if I'm working for Jesus Christ himself. How would your perspective then change about that blessing that God gave you? How would your perspective change about your boss or about your coworkers? Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Another way that we can give our time and be a blessing to others is by managing my time. Managing my time. If time is the most precious commodity that God has given us, then we ought to be really, really good at managing our time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. Make the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We like to gripe and complain and post on Facebook and all of these other things about how much we've got going on in our life and how we don't have a whole lot of time and we can't do this because we don't have time and we can't do that because we don't have time, but we've got enough time to post it on Facebook about how much time we don't have time for. And I look at it and I say, you know what? We've all been given the same amount of time, 24 hours in one day. Why is it that some people can go and accomplish great things in those same 24 hours and others not so much? As believers, we ought to be looking at this time that we live in and looking around us and saying, we need to make the best use of this time. And I am going to honor God and manage my time for the one who authored the time, who created the time. And if I want to make the most out of this time that God has given me on this earth, if I want to make the most out of this hour, if I want to make the most out of this moment, I am going to allow God to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others during this time. I can be a blessing by sharing my talent. By sharing my talent. I tell you, my father-in-law, he is a, he is a great man. I, I love him dearly. He's taught me a number of things about how to love your wife and how to honor your spouse. And one of the things that he's taught me is about serving. 
Now, he has a spiritual gift of serving. I mean, he will find a way to serve. Recently, my oldest daughter, she was staying with uh, my in-laws in Atlanta, and she called me up, and she was frustrated. And she said, Dad, it's so frustrating. Papa lives, he loves to serve. He's doing all of these things. And I'm like, well, that's his spiritual gift. He likes to serve. He's trying to express his love to you by serving. He's, she said, but you don't get it. I was trying to vacuum the house, and he came behind me, and he literally picked up the cord and held the cord while I vacuumed. And I'm thinking, okay, that might be a little bit overboard. He's old. He's senile. He will never see this video, so that's fine by me. No, he's a great guy, but like that's his spiritual gift. I'm like, listen, he's just trying to show how much he loves you. There's a verse in Romans 12, verse 6 says, in, in his grace, in God's grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Every believer here has been engifted by God to do certain things well. That God is looking at you and I as the body of Christ, and he is saying, you have certain gifts, I have certain gifts, the person next to you has certain gifts, and God has ordain those gifts upon us so that we can serve together and make up the body of Christ. What if in our church we sought to outserve one another? What if in your relationships you tried to outserve one another? How would your marriage change if you tried to outserve one another? How would your family change if you said, here's our goal. We're going to outserve one another. How would, how would our community change if we said together as a church, we're going to outserve our community? On Sunday, August 20th, we're going to have what we call is a shadow day. A shadow day. And it's simply this. It's simply an opportunity for you to take a non-committal approach to getting involved in an area of service here at Coastal. Maybe some of you, you're already involved in serving somewhere, and that's great, but you've been thinking, you know, I really would like to see what it's like to serve over in this ministry. I would really like to see what it's like to serve over here. Or maybe you've been attending Coastal for a while, and you've been thinking, you know, I know it takes a lot of people to put this on, man. There are people who get there you know, and set up the cafe for us and put the food out and make the coffee and all of those sorts of things and clean up after our messes once we leave here. That it, it, it takes people to do that. And you've been wondering, you know, how, how can I get involved here at Coastal? If you would, take out your Connect card. Everybody take it out. Hopefully, you've already put your name and email address on it. And on the back of your Connect card, I want everybody to take out your pen, and I believe we all have a next step today. On the back of our Connect card, it says, my next step today is, and then there's that first box that says, I would like more information on Shadow Day on Sunday, August 20th, in the following areas. You can check Coastal Kids, you can check Wave Student Ministry, you can check the cafe, the tech booth, First Impressions. Maybe there's another area that you would like to get involved in, you can just put that under the prayer request. But everybody here has an area of service that we can take a next step and get involved in. That God is calling us out to utilize our spiritual gifts and our talents to be able to serve others. And when you sign up, 
for August 20th. Somebody will contact you from our staff. They'll tell you a little bit more about it. They'll talk to you about which service you want to serve during. And maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I would like to check a number of boxes here. Well, go ahead and check all. Maybe, you know, you, you serve and do a shadow day on uh, Sunday, August 20th, but then you come back and do another ministry on August 27th. The reason God gave us those gifts, those spiritual gifts, the reason God has given you your talents, your abilities, your personality, isn't so that you can just hold on to it. It's so that you can be a conduit through which God works and make an impact in the life of others. Next, I can be a blessing by investing my treasure. By investing my treasure. Luke 6, verse 38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. And then he goes on to give this illustration. It will be pressed down. It will be shaken together to make room for more. It will be running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. A long time ago, I had somebody tell me, said, you can't outgive God. And I thought, well, that's an interesting saying. And so in my life, as a manager and as a steward of the treasures that God has given me, what I've tried to do is I've tried to say, okay, God, let's have some fun with it. If your promise is that you're going to shake it down and press it down and pour it so that it overflows, let's have some fun, God. I'm going to try to outgive you. See, too many of us, we, we have this mindset, and it's, it's really messed up. It's really screwed up. That we think for some reason that we're giving this because God needs it. That we, we give our tithe and our offering because God needs it, or God wants it, or God demands it from us. And that's not really it. It's for our own good. So that we can live our life with open palms instead of clenched hands. So that God can continually pour out his blessing and show us all that he is capable of doing. It's fun to try to outgive God. Malachi 3 verses 8 through 10 say, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and the offerings due to me. He goes on to tell the nation of Israel, he says, You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough, enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out, again, pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then I love this. He says, try it. Put me to the test. On your outline, circle that. Put me to the test. Some of you, as believers, put God to the test. Take him at his word. See what happens. Start giving your tithe to God and see the ways that he begins to work in your life. Begin to live your life with 
hands wide open instead of clenched fists and see how God pours out his blessings on you. Put them to the test. It is the one area in scripture where God invites us to test him in something. Now, for those of you who maybe haven't accepted Jesus as the leader of your life, you're in a great place. And this scripture speaks to you as well. Maybe you've doubted whether even God is real. Maybe you've doubted whether even all this thing that we talk about here at Coastal is, is, is true. Put God to the test. See what he begins to do. Even if you're not a believer, put God to the test and begin to give him a tithe and see if God doesn't make his presence known to you. See if God doesn't prove himself in your life. The one area of scripture where God says, put me to the test on it. Now what my wife and I, my wife Kelly and I, what we have done if we, is we have automated this. This is one area in my life where I can say I have an automated blessing from God. And here's how. I automate my tithe. A tenth of everything that comes through our, our family income, everything that comes through that God has given us is immediately automated and it's a tithe and it's sent right back out. The way I've done this is I've automated it through my online banking. That every time... There's a, a payroll, man, there's a tithe that is given out, and it's automated. I don't even have to worry about it. Some of you, I would challenge you to begin doing that. Maybe you are already have been tithing, but you've been maybe, uh, you know, a little infrequent about it. Automate it and see what God does. Some of you, you use the uh, text to give that we offer here at Coastal. You can automate it right through that app. Every Sunday when we come together and we worship God through giving our tithes and our offerings, I'm able to stand back and be able to say, God, I've worshipped you throughout the week. I've worshipped you by automating this tithe and this offering. And so now I can have confidence and expectation to see what God is going to do throughout the week ahead. I never have to be in doubt. Never have to doubt God's blessing in this area. I can be a blessing next by encouraging other people, by encouraging other people. Man, the power of words, the power of words, they have the power to build up and they have the power to tear down. They, they, they cost us nothing, but can also cause so much pain. They can also cause so much joy. Guys especially, we know this, words can be difficult to express at times. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. When you encourage others, when I encourage others, man, we're breathing life. Into them. As a father of two daughters, I've experienced this scripture in ways I wouldn't, I wish I wouldn't have. I've seen times when, man, I've encouraged my daughters, and all of a sudden, their their posture changes, their demeanor changes, 
their face changes. It lights up. And then there have been times when I wish, man, I wouldn't have said what I said. And I screwed up and I said the wrong thing. And at the same time, I see that, man, I, I, I did some damage. Their posture changes. Their, their face changes. And I have to work ten times as hard to breathe that life back in. I have to go back and I have to ask for forgiveness and breathe that life into them and encourage them. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called what? Today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I love how scripture, when God tells us to do something, he gives us a promise on the back end of it. He says, I want you to encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that you won't be hardened. By sin's deceitfulness. Your words, my words, have the ability to breathe that life, to encourage one another, to build them up, just as God called us to do, so that our hearts won't be hardened by all the negativity, by all the death that our words can bring, so that our hearts won't be hardened by sin. I can be a blessing by proclaiming my testimony. By proclaiming my testimony. There are two things that we won't be able to do as believers when we get to heaven. Two things we will never be able to do. One is sin. I mean, when we're all gathered together in heaven, there's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any deceitfulness there. The second is this we will no longer be able to tell others who Jesus is. Everybody in heaven will already know. Everybody in heaven will all be gathered together and we will all have already confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So the one thing that we should be doing here on earth, sharing our testimony, proclaiming what God has done in our lives, some of you might be wondering, well, what is, what is my testimony? What is my story? I, I, I've, I've sometimes wondered this. I grew up in church. <laughs> I mean, I was one of those kids. Uh, I came from a broken home, and so, like, every time the church doors were open, I was at the church. Uh, my youth minister, he took me underneath his wing, and I knew from a very young age I, I was either going to go be a fighter pilot in the U.S. Navy, i.e. Top Gun movie just came out at that time, and everybody wanted to do that my age, or I was going to go be a youth pastor. I knew from a very early age. So, I mean, I avoided a lot. Now, did I screw up? Yes. Did I rebel as a teenager? Yes. But, man, I, I went off to college and immediately at 19, I got involved in ministry and, you know, started serving. I look back now and I'm like, man, I can't believe those parents at 19 years old let me take their kids off, you know. Driving a 15-passenger van, a 19-year-old, how about that? I wouldn't let that from my kids. I don't know. Somebody should have told that pastor, hey, you shouldn't let that guy do that. Your, your testimony, what is it? It's your life before Jesus. You describe your life before you met Jesus. You talk about why you decided to make Jesus the leader of your life and how your life is different now. 
You answer those three simple questions. That's all it takes to proclaim your testimony. Is my life before Jesus was like this? And then I was brought to the reality of who Jesus was and is. And so I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And now, here's how my life is different. Each one of us can share that. We actually give away another book. It's written by the same guy who wrote uh, The Greatness uh, Principle. It's called The Difference Maker. We give it away out at the, the Welcome Center there. And if you want to learn more about writing out your testimony, proclaiming your testimony, I encourage you to pick up that book. There's a promised blessing that God gives us when we proclaim our testimony. And we often, like, skip over it. Many of us as believers, we know what is, we call as the Great Commission. It's in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. He says this, he said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. Here's the promise. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Again, what, what happens here? Jesus said, I want you to go out and do this, so go and do this. And oh, by the way, here's the promise. I am going to be with you even to the end of the age. Now, I've often thought, why? Here, here's Jesus. He was crucified. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. Why did Jesus then ascend into heaven? I mean, why isn't Jesus even now living amongst us, proclaiming and saying, hey, listen, I've been around for 2,000 years now. You're going to come and go just like the last century of people have. And so let me tell you the good news. 2,000 years ago, there were people, they crucified me. They killed me. I lived a perfect life for you. I was the perfect sacrifice for you. And they buried me, and three days later, I rose from the dead, and I conquered death for you. Why isn't Jesus up here right now preaching this sermon? Because Jesus said, I want you to do it, church. I want every believer to do it. Again, it's that blessing that God is saying, listen, I have blessed your life. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you is what Jesus said. I have blessed your life so that you can be a blessing, so that you can proclaim this testimony, so that you can proclaim the good news, so that you can show people in your sphere of influence all that I have done for you. And I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. Christians come up and say to me, you know, I just don't feel God's presence in my life. I've been living a life as a believer for a very long time, and it just seems like God's presence isn't in my life anymore, and I don't know what happened. I like to respond by asking, when's the last time you proclaimed your testimony to somebody else? When's the last time you shared the grace and good news of Jesus Christ to somebody else? Usually what happens then is, is they say, well, it's been a while. Most of the people in my sphere of influence, most of the people that I associate with, they're all believers. Well, no wonder you're not experiencing God's presence in your life. God said, Jesus said, hey, go proclaim your testimony and I am going to be with you. 
And it takes being around people who are far from God in order for that to happen. So if you're not experiencing God's presence in your life, it's, not, it's because you're not proclaiming the testimony of Jesus Christ in your own life to those who don't believe. So you want to experience God's presence? Go tell somebody about Jesus. You want to experience God's blessing in your life? Go tell others about Jesus. When will you do it? These five ways, giving my time, sharing my talent, investing my treasure, encouraging other people, proclaiming my testimony, when will you start? Proverbs 3, 27 through 28 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Don't do this. Don't say, I've got all of these blessings and look at all of these ways that God has blessed me and walk around because eventually you're going to say, why hasn't God blessed me anymore? Why hasn't God blessed me anymore? Whatever you're holding on to, let go of it. Give yourself the capacity to receive more of God's blessing. Honor him with your time. Give your time. Share your talent. Invest your treasure so that then you can create capacity in your life that God then begins to work through and bless you even more. You don't have to give it all away. Just little by little by saying, okay, God, you gave me this. I give you thanks for the blessing. I praise you. I honor you for it. I'm going to enjoy this blessing. But how can I use it to be a blessing for others? That, my friends, that is the greatness principle. That God wants to bless you, bless me, and bless all those around us so that we can be a conduit through which he works in our lives. Let's pray. God, we thank you. And we thank you for not just saving us from our sin, not just giving us the promise of eternity in, in heaven with you, not just preparing a way for us, but, but also for the blessings you give us, even the blessings that we don't even see or recognize that you're pouring out into our lives. God, I, I pray for all of us here today that we will look at those blessings and that we will look at the ways that you have blessed us and enjoy it, that we will receive it as a great gift, a good gift that you have given to us. And then at some point we'll turn and we'll say, okay, God, you have given me this, so how can I bless others? I pray today that all of us in here will go out of here and we'll look for these opportunities that your church will be made strong because of it, that we will outserve one another, that we will be known as believers 
by the light that is shining through our lives, through this church. We thank you for these gifts. May we be good stewards of these blessings. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.